Hello and welcome back to the room that we created. We have taken a week off. Fuck. The room that we created. Yeah, we have taken a week, a week off. Uh, due to personal health concerns, but everything is good. I am okay. We are back. It's Beanie Day. It is Beanie Day. Beanie, beanie Night. Beanie Night here. And it is also time to crack open. I'm thirsty as fuck. Keep it away from the mic just a little bit. Just a little bit. That didn't uh, matter. I clipped. It fucked it up anyway. I clipped. I have a nice little mug. I have a nice little mug here. Not, not the kind mug. you're thinking about. No, 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 no. So I'm going to pour into my mug. Mm-hmm. And we're going to bust that down. Sexual style, of course. So, over our uh, little week hiatus, well, first display this. It says this is some serious gourmet shit with Samuel L. Jackson's face on it. Jewels from Jewels from Pulp Fiction. Mm. I don't need you to tell me how fucking good my bubbly is. Mm -hmm. I'm the one who buys it. Bonnie goes out to buy some Lacroix. One quick announcement before we get started. Um, I have a song called Growing Pains coming out on February 3rd, uh, February 3rd, people. Um, and I, you know, if you want to check it out, it's going to be on all major streaming platforms. You just search Growing Pains by Zach Montana. And this is a, this is my shameless plug. This song is one of my favorite songs I've ever heard on a, on a completely genuine, real level, not blown smoke up Zach's ass. You know, no, well, a little. But. We're very honest to each other, people. If you made something that was shit, I would tell you. And never lost. And <laughs> this song is one <laughs> of my favorite lost. songs I've ever fucking heard. That's very kind of it's you. So, I appreciate that. This song is. So, I've never. Okay, so there are songs like, um, we. I want to do the music episode, not today. I've been thinking about it too because I have a. I'm, I'm making a list. Right, same as am I. And one of the albums that popped up on my list was. Uh, in the Aeroplane Over the Sea by Nutrimilk Hotel. That album is such a deeply personal, gross, and ridiculously honest portrayal of humanity and panic and um, maturing. And the your song Growing Pains gives me the same kind of existential activity in my soul, but it's also so goddamn catchy and so good to <laughs> listen to. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. that that's funny because uh, when I wrote Growing Pains, I was like the most passionate about it. But since then, I, I've written some things that I haven't even shared that I haven't shared with the public at all. That I've kept very close to me, and I, I I really enjoy it much more. <laughs> yeah, that's usually how it goes. You know, like you 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 pour your heart into a thing. You're like, this is the thing. Oh my god! And then you know, you finish it and you move on to the next thing, and you're like, oh, this is even better. And like that's how you progress. Well, one would hope. Well, today's but no, topic. I just I just wanted to point out that growing pains, like that's what speaks to me the most about it, is that it simultaneously is that digging and that uncomfortable and that introspective while still maintaining like ear candy and it's so fucking catchy. I just the chorus <laughs> is like you. I scream Thank that you. shit. Thank Great you. Chorus. Anyway. Anyway. Today's topic is the, the internet. internet. There we go. I there wanted go. to talk a lot about, a, a little about, um, plenty about, as much as we need to about. Um, if you were, if we were inclined to talk a tad bit about it, um, we would. The internet and kind of like its effect on our maturing as a generation, Gen Z, and how it's influenced my philosophy, um, my anxiety, my self-image how it's shaped me how it's misshapen me and one thing is that i think it's interesting that we have to inc the internet and the way we communicate through the internet has become such a fucking base part of our lives and affects so much of how we operate as a society that it is something you have to take into account when Developing your opinions on things and, and, and how the world works. It's almost like a door we have opened, you know, about ourselves. And it's like, how would we behave if all known information was accessible to any, everyone at any moment? You know, now with that on the table. Keep talking. I'm, I'm not trying to interrupt. I'm going to move the mic out of your face. Oh, yeah, you're good. It's something to uh, consider. And um, what kind of got me thinking about this was because I went to therapy for the first time in very, very many years. Um, just... Yesterday. Uh, and uh, 
it was really successful. Um, it was a great therapy session. And after, you know, you give the, um, I was just explaining it to Zach off camera a little bit, but um, you give the exposition of your life to your therapist. When you first meet a therapist for the first time, like your first session with one, you have to fucking backstory. You have to just, this happened, this happened, this happened, this is who I am, this is how I am, this is what I've noticed about. And you just, it's exposition. You know, you're not really doing therapy. But at one point, um, I knew I had wanted to discuss the uh, the session a little bit on the podcast, but a lot of the exposition is deeply personal, and I've either already talked about it on this podcast, or I just don't want to get into it today because it's a lot. It's too much, you know, emotionally. But one thing I, I blurted out to my therapist while I was kind of expositorily, you know, monologuing about my condition and... Um, what condition your condition was in? Yeah, why I'm in therapy. He's like, why did you want to begin therapy again? What was the catalyst? And I was like, well, besides the fact that I just had a crisis. And Charlie, I'm fucked up, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, one of the things I was talking about was like how, li- how fucking overwhelming life is. I was just like, you know, good or bad, sometimes yeah. it's just fucking too much. And I panic. I have, a pa- I have panic attacks that just like feel like I'm being crushed under the weight of everything around me. Yeah, last episode I said that I don't really struggle with the anxiety anymore. I, I had the worst panic of my attack of my life <laughs> the other day, so everything that I said is... Well, it still holds true, but it's just like God... Yeah. For lack of a better word, was like, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. We all we all obviously have been in the pit before, you know? And yeah, like, moshing. Yeah, I need to be in the pit. That would help my anxiety a lot. Yeah, but um, anyway, we were just talking about off air too how we both just feel fucking stressed lately, and not like very existentially bothered by anything. It's not like we're like confused or lost. It's just we know where we stand. We we are comfortable with our lives. We have good lives, and we like our lives. It's just like lately things have been fucking a lot. There's, there's been so much fucking movement. In our lives, and so much change and busyness that I think both of our bodies are responding with panic every once in a while. Panic that's hard to identify. Like, it's very physical. Like, my yeah. panic attacks as of, as of late have felt like asthma attacks. You know, they, they uh, haven't been like, I'm, I'm thinking about something. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, wait. Oh, and there's yeah. this. And there, it's more just been like, oh, mine, fuck. Mine just came on. I was like, why are my eyes getting blurry? Why yeah. am I getting blurry? Why am I going to throw up? Yeah. You know? It, and I think it's our. I think we're we're just reeling back from one some bad fucking years, you know. And this is kind of a first time in a long time that things are relatively looking up. And so now our body's just like ugh. we're we're responding to stress. We've been maybe, maybe. we've been a tense rubber band, you know. Well, I for feel two like years straight. Yeah, I'm sure there's some part of that. I I feel like my last week has just been. Well, you had a fucked week. That's that's on top of everything. Like that's you know. I've because I've been feeling good. I had a really powerful experience that sent me on on my good way. I think just like when you release a a track, I've I've been like DMing playlisters and tracking people down and like right. It's it's like you know it's it's very consuming. Yeah, it's a lot of movement, and it's also it's you're putting all this time into something and being consumed by it and simultaneously trying to not care. Yeah. So that you like can move on to the next thing and let the art like because you know you make the art you market it and that's all you can do. Yeah. It's out of your hands and so there's none. If you put your all into something, there's nothing to be self conscious about. Mm-hmm. You know. That's like I as I was going on the rant about everything, I kind of I, I said to my therapist like, oh, and then the fucking internet, like my phone, like Jesus, I I just hate I can't like I can't everything. It's like. Your personal life is good and everything is good and fine, but you're just sensitive and you're reeling back from a lot of trauma as of late and your life is good and like you're safe for the first time in a very long time. And now your months, all of your muscles are just untensing. And and TikTok is a reminder that you are in the dystopian era. Exactly. (laughs) Because when I can... As good as you can get, the world is still on fire. The first thing that, like, you know, we we were talking about it, like, when I would see literal Russian soldier TikToks of fucking tanks blowing shit up, and then then it'd be a fucking Peter Griffin, like, happy, happy, happy. And, And then earlier I was telling Maddie there was this 
fucking voicemail of Andrew fucking Tate, you know, yeah. admitting to like raping a girl and liking it. And I'm showing this to her. And it's I can't find the original fucking clip, so I find a YouTube short of it. Oh my and god. And it's like some lo-fi beat and it's like It's like a commentator, like a, a fucking what, what do you a call it? A reactor. Like, what do we think of this? And then they play the clip and you know, they're talking over some lo-fi music, which is fine. You know, it's pretty normal, pretty standard a little fucking bizarre format. For such a serious but topic, then but. they they fucking start playing the audio and they don't they don't bring stop down the, the volume music. of the lo-fi, so it's just Andrew Tate like, Saying is it fucked dis- up? Is it fucked up that the more I uh, that the more you didn't like it, the more I was turned on it. Fucking turned me on, and it's like, and it's like and in the background, lo-fi beats playing over it. It's so fucked, and I'm like, what? What is this? So like, <laughs> that's dystopia. Yeah, it's just like. And, 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 I, and I'm so used to it. Yeah, we're, that's what I was just about to say. Is it like starts with hair cake. Oh my god! Fucking it starts with that. I we, we start things there. have been things appear so bad all the time that the only way to digest it at a certain critical mass point of of horror in the the only way to ingest it without losing your actual mind is as entertainment. You know, and, and I can't. How, I can't. I'm always. Ali, it's difficult to just think because for me, it's a. You're not. Yeah, you're, for me, because you're a fucking. For me, it's simultaneously a, a business and a fucking source of information. And when my life and my passion revolves around music, and a lot of music is fucking this marketing bullshit, it's like you have to pay attention. Like it isn't fucking important. Yeah. And and then and I'm now I'm just like it's not. Yeah. It is not. I, I you, you know. Don't, you, I don't put any. I try not to, but the, the body response after years of fucking programming is is to fucking take the internet as your f- source of news. Yeah, and any like any fucking like MSNBC clips or fucking shit like that, like you get from the fucking internet. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I doubt you. F- anyone watching this has cable. Yeah. The only news I've ever watched is when I've walked in on my fucking parents watching it. Right. Like on the TV, TV. Yeah, and that shit's no better. And yeah, like it's it's just the thing is, you know, it's really hard to with the Internet is such a fucking useful thing. It, it, it's the Internet is a mirror. What and like whatever the fuck you put into it, you're going to get out of it. And if you if you have like somehow figured out a way to incorporate it into your life in a healthy way, it, you, it could be really fucking powerful. There's communities for marginalized people on the Internet, you know, that save lives you know there's 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 communities that destroy lives yeah but yeah and there's also that but there's also there's also fucking valuable art and entertainment that wouldn't exist without the you know internet age that has yeah you know is good for humanity i think i think something that i would really really like to talk about that i've been talking about for a while is is the desensitization the desensitization is that the right that word? Sounds like the right word. Yeah. Desensitization. I, I can't say it quite right. Desensitization. There we go. Of just our generation, because we grew up in a time when the internet was like n- not necessarily new, but the fucking explosion happened when we were alive. So right, right like right around. You know, we're like you know six, seven years old. I think we were around both seven, and and YouTube. Ha- came out youtube runs the fucking like is is one of the like five major things in the world for that shit and we were alive when it came out and it was just some dude's idea like why don't like like here's a place to put videos put them on there there you go and that fucking just rode that wave and being in your childhood and your adolescence and going from like seven years old to 12 years old to a teenager to an adult while the fucking something like YouTube was simultaneously growing, it was expanding at an exponential rate and, and there was no fucking restraint on it. You know, no. now it's, it's established. It's set up. It's here. There's like YouTube kids. There's fucking shit that like you cannot put on there. The shit yeah. you cannot fucking watch. But when we were, you know, growing up, like if it was fucking, if it got uploaded, like you fucking saw it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, no, we like were, you would I see fucked up shit. Remember when Rhett and Link began? 
like you saw fucked up shit and there was no because it was so fucking new there this was like there was that now that we'd seen it it was like well how do we make sure that doesn't happen again right was the question it was just it fucking spawned in and we got exposed to a bunch of shit while it was in its adolescence and now it's like we're pretty desensitized like i it's diff, it's diff, you know uh, it's shit like meat spin and fucking lemon party and fucking two girls one cup it's like those are things yeah, yeah. that are funny Lively. and cultural staples but then they shouldn't have been to fucking 11 year olds oh yeah no i remember even being a sheltered jehovah's witness kid that's the one little area at school with kids with phones you know, or even uh, kids that knew how to jailbreak the fucking firewalls in the school max. No one knew how to control like, it yet. Yeah, everyone had access to it, and it was something that you could experience alone, and no one could find out. Like, like there are there were ways for ten year olds to see things, and no one ever know that they saw it. You know, there was no way to regulate it because it was too new. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think, what played a part in our desensitization. But now what's so interesting is that, like, having it go fucking from the thing that throws a wrench in the machine to, like, oh, God, to then eventually over the years. It's the machine. It's the machine. Like, the capitalism, whatever, the colonizer mindset, whatever you want to call it, the fucking machine. Fucking Susan, CEO of YouTube. Yeah, just eventually just goes, okay, all right, this is how we do it now. And it starts to slowly mold into the background. And it's like, that's why, like, the desensitization, however the fuck you say it. I think we've both said it a few times. Desensitization. Um, Desensitization of kids. Horrifying. That's bad. You know, and how much it, it traumatized people, you know, online bullying. There's that. But also there was this like unbridled creative freedom handed to everyone all at once, you know, and that's the situation that for a few years he said if it was uploaded, everyone fucking saw it. And so your voice, you had a voice now suddenly. And in, a, in some ways, that's incredibly positive or at least has the potential to be. Yeah. I mean, the first like, you know, if you did like a YouTube cover, like a cover song and uploaded it to YouTube, it was like. You were one of the pie, and it was like, oh my god, somebody's using this platform to share music. Right. Like, that's new. And I feel like, like that now, lasted, that's all it fucking is. That lasted longer than, I would say that lasted, like, pretty long, a while YouTube was like that, maybe 2010, 11, you know? And so, like, yeah. and the thing is, that's what I mean about, like, being able to incorporate it in a healthy way in your life, but it's so hard when now that you know, giant corporations and the fucking like people that run the world understand it. You know, it's been around long enough for them to incorporate it. It's hard to, to take the internet and decide how you want to use it in your life when everything about it is designed to make you use it a certain way. Well, there's the whole fuck. It's, it's an entire thing that runs on like your, your attention and you watching, you right. know, and so it, it's, let me, let me restart that. It's an entire, like the idea behind things like YouTube and TikTok, they are all companies and platforms based solely and primarily on the idea of growth. Mm-hmm. Their numbers of users have to be higher this year than they were last year. When you get to a point where it's a universal thing that everyone uses and it, you run out of room to grow. And it's a thing that is literally dependent on growth. So what is the next natural step in that evolution? Your time. Yeah, right. Bo Burns oh, look, was talking about yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. Look yeah. over here. Look over here. Look over here. They want every second of your day. If, they, if you're watching eight hours, the only way to grow is if next year you're watching 10. You know? Right. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but there is an insane lawsuit going right on right now. That could change all of that. No, I did not know that. Okay, so get this. So I'm, I'm going to... It's not like we're monetized anyways because we're not that big. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refrain from saying certain keywords that might get this video taken down. Okay. So um, basically there's a thing in YouTube's... I guess let's just say YouTube's fucking like laws. You know, the copyright shit, the laws, right. all that shit. If you... You know, they're not responsible 
if something gets uploaded and defend someone because it's a fucking platform to upload. Right. You know, they're not fucking responsible for it. They, it's, you know, it's their platform, but that person put the thing on it and they're providing a service and yada, yada. Now, layman's terms, get through the legal bullshit. There are certain things in place like community guidelines where a certain point where then they have the power to take those things right, down. Right. Hate speech, like we, violence. Yeah, maybe. stuff like that. We know they can set rules within their platform that you can't break, right. you know. So there's that. Unless you're Steven Crowder. <laughs> now, these things also work on an algorithm. So they push videos out to people. Now, there was a video that if you say yes, yes in Spanish and then backwards. Does that make sense to everybody watching? Matt, just think about it. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yes, yes in Spanish, backwards. <laughs> If, you know, there was a video, like, of one of those, you know, that went around. And, um, a violent, obviously, a violent, crime. a violent video, you know. And, and this video got views. And so the algorithm goes, it gets views. So it pushes it to more people to get views, right? And so there's a loss. <laughs> then there's a lawsuit that's like, well, this did offend me, and you are responsible because your algorithm pushed it to me. Right. And so that lawsuit is going on right now, and the reason it could change everything, and not immediately, is because I, I doubt this will happen. But if the worst-case scenario happens and the, the court rules, this, it will likely go to the Supreme Court. If it rules in favor of the prosecutor and YouTube is the defendant and that YouTube is responsible for this. Right. The algorithm is responsible for this, and this can't happen, you know? It won't change right away. Nothing will really be different. But what it will mean is that, by law, now YouTube is no longer like, we're not responsible for that. If something offends a person, YouTube is responsible and is legally obligated to defend every single lawsuit that comes their way, whether it's frivolous or not. So if somebody just sees a video and it's like, I'm offended by that. I'm suing YouTube. YouTube by law now has to defend it legally, which if you can imagine the size of the platform, that's going to take so much time and money and resources that it will be fucking impossible to sustain. So naturally, they're going to have to do away with the algorithm. And the only way you'll really be able to find content is if you search for it or are already subscribed to it. Which for big name creators, they'll likely be fine. But it's going to make it nearly impossible for new people to get discovered on these platforms without an algorithm like that. Except potentially through grassroots promotion. Yes. And that's that's why it's good and bad. Because when you have the algorithm, well, you know people what? like me yeah. who are doing grassroots promotion get frustrated because it's like, God damn it. It's like there's so much volume of shit out there i can't break through but if if like the only way to do it is grassroots then it then does become how much effort you put into it right and less lucky right the thing is like both options are kind of scary because of how by the numbers things have been for so long but um i i think that ruling in favor of youtube is a little scarier than ruling in favor of the prosecutor in that situation because Ruling in favor of the algorithm just feels like, okay, so like the machine says, oh, this gets my, that's the, that's the horrors of AI, right? That's extremely fucking rudimentary AI, you know, but it's still like, there's no, there's absolutely no way for this thing to be like, oh, but yes, it does get us more money, but should it? Like, you know, there's no, there's no way for it to be like, oh, but this is a horrifying video though. So in spite of it making it's us like more your, money, that your needs to be algorithm hidden. needs to detect if the video getting views has this shit in it, which they do have, you know. But it's it's if they, they rule in the favor of the prosecutor and somebody sees something before it gets taken down. But that's the fucking crazy thing about it. I would rather they view rule in favor of the prosecutor because I don't want the fucking thing to get any stronger or any more intelligent. Because how <laughs> do you go from okay, so now. I don't know how this fucking thing would detect that, okay, this thing makes us money, let's push it. But wait, is this an appropriate thing to push? How does it detect violence? I think it's I a little bit above my head on how yeah. much we're talking, like how much I know about like what you're saying. Is oh, I have, it's... yeah, I, I have no fucking clue how it works. But 
from a layman, this is what I see potentially happening. <laughs> so this is a completely uneducated person's paranoia about AI in regards to the YouTube algorithm. Oh, that's the podcast. Okay, here we go. You ready? <laughs> it sees it sees the the fucking. Um, can we say like? Um, no, <laughs> we can't. Okay, so it sees this violent crime take place that was Falling. popular on the int- internet internet you know um from a, wo- a war it was a war crime a video of a war crime is on youtube this thing says oh people flocked to this so push it but wait it's something that breaks the community guidelines how does the robot know that it broke the community guidelines oh but well, there's violence in it how does it detect violence this robot watches the video and sees blood or like how does it know that oh no right oh, no. how do you fucking how does it know without a person having to watch it right now we've taught the robot violence. We've taught the robot what that looks like. But now, okay, well, there's contextual violence that is okay because YouTube sells films. YouTube also has clips of movies we've now, that, that are able to be oh, there um, existing without hell. ads so you're not making money off someone else's movie. But like, So you can't watch a um, video authentically of a person you know, um, like Children of Poseidon, like those guys jumping into cactuses and shit like that. Like that got demonetized or whatever. But well, now it's a little worse. Further, if you play a violent game, you're getting demonetized. Yeah, right. But like taken new, down. new stuff. Taken down, right? Something a little more extreme than Children of Poseidon jumping into cactuses and it's real, you'll get taken down. But you can post the, the clips of Terrifier 2 are all over YouTube and they're not being taken down. They're not making money as far as I know, but they're not being taken down. It's the most grotesque violent thing ever, but it's fake. It's a movie. How does the robot know what's real and what isn't? Well, yeah. And also what's contextually bad? I think that's where the individual hand comes in and says, which like, you know, that's. You know, but are we getting, are we, is our um, neuromapping and shit like that? And like being able to apply that knowledge to AI. If we is it get getting intense level. enough to where the robot can watch it and be like, that's good violence. That's okay. That's fiction. And that's real. You know, that doesn't belong here. And then it, it has a, an idea that some violence is good and some is bad, and it doesn't have like a conscience. No, which is just scary. Or maybe, thought. but either way, just even if it's not necessarily terribly horrible, that it would you can teach a robot the difference between fictional violence and authentic violence. I just don't like the idea that that's possible. Like even if there's no tangible bad effects, it's like a robot shouldn't know. You know, and like why are and then, because then we're we're letting it decide what we should see, you know, we're giving it all of our media and oh, saying, Christ. "Show us what you think we need to be seeing." Yeah, all the time instead of making that choice for ourselves. Exactly. That's actually yeah. That's a really fucking base take. It's so fucking scary. It's fucking and I'm based not, at like, the barnyard, dude, brother. I'm not. Thank you, but I'm not fucking like. <laughs> You know, a super conspiracy theorist when it comes to the internet or like, hate. you know, like I think, I don't think there's a better, despite how, in, in spite of how horrible and hard to manage this life is, I don't think there's a better generation we could have been born in, right? No. I mean, it's, it appears as the further oh you go back, God. the more shitty things are. I watched the most are. amazing video on like triple post level irony and like this this girl i for, i'm so sorry i forget her name she's amazing she's like one of the only people we're subscribed to on this channel which is my doing oh that's awesome i'll check her out then yeah she's so cool she has a great video on it but but oh my god we need to take an intermission here hmm. something fucked happened what something really fucked happened the other night the fucking vending machine oh. stopped fucking working. Oh. And I don't know if we've said this on this podcast before. We might have said it's not worked yet. But I will pepper that in as well to set up the fucking other thing that happened that was fucked with this vending machine. If you haven't... If you don't know about this vending machine yet, we have a cursed vending machine that is all sorts of fucked. It has two things that aren't on there. And over the, the two things that aren't on there, there are new options written in. And those new options are fucking switched. Please, and for the love of good Christ, watch the Christmas special. Please watch the we Christmas special. We go all into the vending machine. But just, just continue from there, assuming they've seen the Christmas yeah, special. And you, you press Wild Cherry Pepsi, you get a fucking mug. We had just finished the fucking episode with Kevin. 
Right. The creative writing. The creative writing episode with Kevin, and we were like, let's go get mugs. Yeah. And we go to the Kevin vending machine. Kevin is a machine. fan. Kevin, Kevin watches every episode. Kevin. And so he had heard about the, the vending machine. And he knows about the situation, why, how funny it is, and the Briars Mandela effect, and the whole. But and so he's like, "Oh yeah, let's go get a mug from the fucked vending machine." Pressing Cherry Pepsi, we're gonna get a mug. And I, we go down there, and I pull out my. I have a, a Sony HCR um, HC fifty two, I think it is, or thirty two camera that I record video on, like the tape. And I pull it out, and Kevin's got his phone out, and we're like, ha, 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 you know, here we go, we're gonna, and this is the first time we've ever filmed this thing. Right. We press Wild Cherry Pepsi, and we reach down, and it is Wild Cherry Pepsi. It has given us the thing. Yeah, which is, it was, it was, it was earth-shattering. And we were like, fuck, and so we pressed mug, and we got a mug, and it was fine. We were getting mugs for a day. We came back. Well, it wasn't fine. Well, it wasn't We fun. were like end of an hour. We were freaking out. We the funniest thing out. is outside of the context of the meme and the inside joke of this vending machine, like <laughs> not knowing woman. that, there's just a video of Kevin being like, oh, you ready? And it's me pressing <laughs> Wild Cherry Pepsi, receiving a Wild Cherry Pepsi and going, no, <laughs> no. And then we freak like out a, and this woman comes downstairs and she's like, can, can you guys keep it down? And... And for a second, I wanted to just explain to her what was Everything. going on. Just because all we of forgot it. to mention the vending machine is in the lobby of a hotel, <laughs> an outdoor like motel situation. Anyway, but we come back. The uh, people sleep. We do this for like two days. We get our mugs. We press mug. It's a little bit disappointing, but we still get to drink our fucking mug at night, right. which I am now addicted to. I fucking can't stand barks. No, and it sucks. <laughs> it's too peppery. It tastes like those <laughs> shitty root beer candies. You know, like you melted a bunch of them. Anyways, we and then I go, we go one day, and it's fucking sold out. It's fucking sold out a mug. The only th- and 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 not only is it sold out a mug, it, it's fucking you know, it's just it's it's just sold out a mug. We'll start. We'll we'll just say that for now. It's sold out a mug. I forgot about this. This is so, so fucking funny. We go back three nights later, and we're like fucking still sold out you know we we almost didn't go because we were like we know it's sold out and we were like well i kind of want to see if it's there we go sold out we've tried every single thing on this fucking vending machine the only thing that's also kind of funny is that dasani gives you aquafina right that's it you can get uh dasani from aquafina the mugs are sold out there's fucking uh, mountain dew there's pepsi uh there's coke which is wild cherry pepsi which you can get uh so the only three things like, there's uh, only anyway, one thing anyway, we have not pressed. There's only one thing that we have not pressed, and it's Diet Coke. And so we go, fuck it. Uh, let's press Diet Coke. And I'm thinking, wouldn't it be fucking funny if I pressed Diet Coke and I got like some other soda, like a 7-Up? Yeah, I'm like, like, what if we got like Pepsi a new thing instead. going on? Like a Diet Pepsi. We press the Diet Coke, and I reach my hand down, and you know the disappointment hits me. I go fucking... That's a romanticization. I know that's not going to happen. I know this is a Diet Coke, and I pick it up, and it is a mug root beer. <laughs> and I looked at, Oh, and before, let me back it up. Let me back it up. Mug moment. When me and Kevin and Maddie showed up to the machine, and we, we went to go press it, there was a mug already <laughs> at, the, already bottom at the bottom that had been dispensed. Before it went there was to a the mug. sold out. And that was the funny thing. We were like, Kevin, we told you it's fucked. See? We showed up and there's already a mug for us. Isn't that funny? Because, you know, haha, the whole thing with the mugs. Look, at the, see, it's fucked. Look. And then we get the mug. And that was the last one ever. It like, was it was giving us a gift. Got. Like, it was a gift from Christ. Oh, my God. Jared it, yeah, the last mug but that we, we ever got back, from the machine was Diet free. Coke, and I'm expecting the Diet Coke or a, like a, some fucking other soda. And like, I it just, needs to be said. And I pressed the Diet Coke and I was expecting a Diet Coke. <laughs> and it's all, it happens all over again. It happens all over again a second time. Yeah, I get Diet Coke is the I mug. get a mug. And so I run back to my car and get my camera. And I'm going, I'm getting this fucking thing on tape. <laughs> and we go back and we press Diet Coke. We put a dollar on, we press Diet Coke. Sold out. Sold out. We, it's every time you turn on the camera, it's like it's like the it's, it's like Bigfoot. It's, it's Bigfoot. It's it's fucking yeah it's a cryptid the vending machine is an scp like <laughs> it's that thing is, we should write we should do that on the scp we forum. should we should we should but now the only things you can get are mountain dew pepsi and wild cherry pepsi and so we are just draining this thing of fucking pepsi 
and until like until hopefully it has nothing left, and then who knows how they're gonna fucking stock them? Yeah, we, we, gotta, <laughs> we gotta we gotta go up there with fucking I saw like the Pepsi truck fifty dollars and s- clean the whole thing out. I saw the Pepsi truck the other day outside of the fucking <sighs> place. Oh, man. so I think we need to go back tonight. Oh my god. Okay, sounds good. Um. Oh but man. I, I'm SC. sorry to break that up, but I just like the internet thing. But that is, it was the most fucked. I I was I fell to my knees. I just, it was the funniest we thing I've ever experienced. And I, and fuck, my mom is in on the lore. She thinks that it's us in an alternate universe. Like, putting the fucking things in there, like, it has to happen. Like, back yeah. to the future. Like, has to sleep with your, like, ha, he, my dad has to sleep with my mom. Another theory is that there is another vending machine in another multiverse in the exact same spot where, like, when, we, like, it is that thing. And it's right. coming from that, like, when I press Diet Coke... Like that, like in the top right corner of the machine is Diet Coke and another multiverse in the top right corner is mug. And I'm getting right. the mug from that machine and they're getting the Diet Coke from ours. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another theory. Like it's all switched and there's alternate versions of us that have this meme where they went to press mug and they got Diet Coke. Oh my God. <laughs> where the whole thing was they've been obsessed with Diet Coke. That's so fucking good. In Mountain Dew, they press Mountain Dew and get a Diet Coke. Yeah, I wonder what how things are going in that universe. Probably. Oh my god, you want to talk about alternate universes? I just found out about this World War II fact that that I hadn't hadn't previously heard about, and I know a decent amount about World War II. There was going to be a meeting set up when Stalin like joined our side when Stalin was like fighting against the Nazis, you know? Where FDR, Churchill, and um, Stalin were all going to be in the same fucking place. They were all going to meet there. And somehow, via double agent, the Nazis knew about it and planned to bomb it. And we're going to kill all three of them at once. And it was so thought out. And they were going to do it. And the only reason they weren't able to execute their plan is because FDR backed out of the meeting. The meeting fell apart. Because FDR was, you know, had a lot of health problems. Like FDR was sick. That's that's like Seth MacFarlane waking up late for his flight that crashed into the Twin Towers. Right. Oh, it's it's that on a fucking <laughs> world stage level. It's it's fucked, and it's literally no, like the, the inverse rep- a plot of Inglorious the Bastards. Levels. They're on the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we <laughs> wouldn't have family. Guy. No, but yeah, it's it's the plot of Inglorious Bastards, but bad guys side. They were going to bomb this place where the three figureheads of, you know, their opposition were going to be together. And it so almost happened. And if it did, they may have won the war. Well, they had fucking Einstein working for them. You Mm -hmm. know, they had fucking like alien technology. A lot of people hypothesize, you know, that they fucking. There's this movie. (laughs) (laughs) There's this movie real quick uh, called Sky Sharks. It's the most unbelievable fucking it. thing, and we've talked about it. On the Film Bros episode. The other day, we were playing this this game. It, we call it the fucking random items game, where I can't explain it, but we just get a bunch of random items. It's an improv game where we try to one-up each other with the improvs with the items. Lincoln, our friend, pulls out a copy of a DVD, and we looked at it, and we laughed, and we went, oh, that was a funny bit that he did. And then it both clicked in our heads for a second what it was we went wait what and we looked at this the dvd and it was a dvd for land sharks yeah. <laughs> and and lincoln was like what what's so funny and we're just like you don't know what you had no idea that we didn't know there was, was a, a yin to the us. yang yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just thought it was chaos so we we've discovered the other side of the coin and we need to adjust it um okay let's get back to the internet yeah, back to t- <laughs> <laughs> fucking. This is the internet. Our ADHD is the. Yeah, internet. this is yeah. We've been programmed like this. No, but um, ways I have found watching Gram watching sorry ten time eleven time Grammy award winner John Legend sing about Joe Byron and Bing Bong. That was it for me. Yeah, like, Joe, Joe Byron. Bing bong. The most, sur- I, I think, it. watching well, great, watching um, the guy who ate cake 
infused with the human anatomy and vomit. Yeah, the Grammy-winning chef. Yeah, (laughs) watch... (laughs) No, watching Filthy Frank become Joji was almost disturbing. Was was that... Did you get any of that? That was was the most inspiring thing I've ever seen because I was like... I'm also on that path, hopefully. <laughs> like working with No, yeah, no, it it was it's a, I'm glad. Um Well what was disturbing was that it was, it was when the K pop so community surreal. found the hair cake videos and tried to cancel them. Right, and I'm like <laughs> I was like, you didn't know? Like, you di- that blew my mind that people didn't know. But at the same time, yeah, of course they didn't know because it also blew my mind when I saw filthy fucking Frank on the Tonight Show doing run. I was like Oh my god. Like you know? Do you think about Yeah, fuck, I was in 8th grade watching some fucking, you know, YouTuber who was, was clearly so just making niche. videos in his fucking house. And and, and then they were disturbing it. and disgusting and as gross as I was in 8th grade yeah. and fucking hilarious and offensive and as fucked up as you could get on YouTube at the time for lack of a better word without being actually over the line. Yeah. In a like he was over the line, but like you know what I mean, like Not actual in a like dangerous way. Yeah, like yeah. CC backwards, you know, the fucking Right, right, right. It, it was and then and then all of a sudden, you know, 6 7 years later or whatever it is, and there he is on fucking national television. And Jimmy Fallon probably has no idea. No, Jimmy Fallon has no goddamn idea. The thing, the thing about it that was so fucking bizarre was that, you know, like I'm not gonna fucking kid myself. I loved that shit. I fucking loved. Oh it. Fucking, yeah, it was so fucking funny. And I still funny. Yeah, like the thing about it, that's um, I think hmm, there's a reason I don't enjoy that content anymore. Right. And I think it's a good thing. Yeah. You know? I get you. But at the same time, it spoke so much to navigating, wanting to be different, wanting to be extreme, wanting to be radically self-expressive. You know? That's so hard to navigate in your youth. And, you know, I'm giving Frank more credit than he's probably worth because he wasn't in his youth when he made it. We all were. I don't think... I don't think... Well, he was only, like, probably 19. And you think about the way 19-year-olds are now and how they were when we were fucking, like, 13. It's different. But people don't realize that fucking George, Filthy Frank, Joji, whatever you want to call him, he fucking runs the internet. People don't know this. It, the same way people don't know Joji is hair cake is the same way people don't know that he fucking invented the Harlem Shake. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, he, and memes, it's all over. Like, people who, fucking, like, on I surface swear to level God, internet share started memes. I swear to Christ. No, that's a good point because every single upload I remember when I was, like, in eighth grade... Like became and, a meme. That I'm year. gay. I and, have osteoporosis. Yeah. I have crippling depression. All that shit. Yeah, every single fucking upload became something quotable and was talked about and then you know the thing about it is like what was so funny is like yeah those videos were not okay you know you can't say those things and we've progressed as a society and that's a good thing it is a good thing um the thing however though that i find fascinating is that when i was watching it it was edgy and horrible from a conservative perspective that was me rebelling against conservatives because of how offensive and horrible it was from that perspective. Now, that stuff is offensive and horrible from a liberal progressive perspective because it's it's disparaging and it says things you can't say. You know what I mean? And, and it kind of like took, it kind of became that itself. That's kind of its start. Like, I don't know like, how to say I remember, that. Like, I think that's giving, how we got there. That's how we got here is by fucking being offensive. Right. To, to exactly that's how we came to a place of actual human empathy because we were so pissed off with the you can't say this you can't say that of our conservative you know upbringing and old people that we started saying everything and it was weird because it in filthy Frank like early shit it was radical it's every once in a while he would say something oh. radically progressive. But and, then also, yeah. and then mixed I-dubs up with all the offensive say, jokes. It's something like I think some of the iDubs stuff. Like you look at iDubs, and he went from saying like N word F slur yeah. to fucking you know 
uh, like fucking Chad Sigma OnlyFans girlfriend like guy, you know? Yeah, yeah, and like um, indie guy with a mustache. He's, you know, yeah, he's on on the Hasanabi podcast, a literal fucking socialist streamer. You know, yeah, like uncle exactly. For the young and it's Turks. just like what? It's and, like, and, and, what the and it, fuck? it it it's it's, it's like, bizarre. The pass? But it kind of makes sense. It's like why do we culturally like? You think about it. It's like what's the pass? And it's because that was like the forefront, maybe. I think I think we let it go. We really do. We let it go, and that's the situation. I think it's not so much a past as much as it is that cancel culture is overblown. Cancel culture, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, isn't a thing to really be afraid of because the people. It's not a culture. No, it's not a thing that ha- because okay, anything, any part of quote unquote cancel culture it's that conservatives idea. bitch about saying, oh well, this guy got canceled over this fucking tweet eight years ago. Well, this guy, okay. All of those people, they do still have careers. What are we talking about? James Gunn? You know, that whole thing with the Twitter thing? Idubs, Filthy Frank, they're all doing fine. So, yeah, when people get canceled, quote unquote, over stupid shit, it doesn't stick. So it's not a fucking problem. Cancel culture is not a problem. It sticks when it needs to. It sticks when somebody fucking abuses somebody. Harvey, someone, Wein- you know, Harvey like, Weinstein. Yeah, that's and that's not fucking cancel culture or a witch hunt that's just crimes you know that's just (laughs) someone saying a crime was done you know so yeah you know yeah these people like filthy frank how how are they able to get away with it it's like well they didn't it's just the punishment fit the crime they didn't fucking you know they 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 for the most part changed their behavior you know and and but like sam hyde yeah sam hyde is an actual demon like that's that's it's so fucking weird because it's like Sam Hyde is if like it's like the filthy Frank and Idubs bad ending. <laughs> I was just about to say that. It's He's like if like, filthy Frank and Idubs just kept going and going and going. It's like you get Sam fucking Hyde. You get yeah. this fucking absolute like okay, yeah, that happened and we're all in a different place. You're still you're in a, the same place, but fucking more farther along. Like, holy fuck. Yeah. Like, it starts to, like, become master manipulating and fucking, like, brainwashing. And, like, you don't know what's real. Yeah, giving actual money to, like, far right-wing organizations under your own company funds and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, like, even if, like, if it's a joke, it's not cool. Yeah, it's no, not it's not a funny. joke. Like, the, well, you know, the thing about, like, I was saying about... Filthy Franks, like even he would say slurs, he would say disgusting, horrible things, but it was always in a comedic context. Not that that 100% of the time makes it okay, but there was an air of you can tell there's a man behind this, and the man behind this probably has pretty normal beliefs at, if anything, progressive beliefs, you know? And with Sam Hyde, is that there is no satire, you know? There, the line between you know, self and art is, is almost non-existent. And even if it was a satire, he's not really portraying anything negatively. Like filthy Frank would say, you know, Idubs had some pretty shit takes with why he would say certain things, but filthy Frank for the most part would do it purely out of comedy or to mock people that are like that, you know, or to be like clickbaity, like this is so bad. This is so bad. You know, which again says something about your values. If that's the thing that's so offensive, well, and a lot that you of the stuff that it. he made fun of, like he w- like a lot of the shit that he did was fucking against the Asian community, and he was in the Asian community. Oh yeah, no, of course. So well, that's that. a whole other thing. Well, that's fine. Like if you yeah. are a part of that. It, the I mean, thing about fucking Joji is that it's funny because starting out as music here, I remember like listening to demos. And I really like them, and now I listen back to them, and I'm like, that's so good. But you see, one, you see the progression of an artist. Right. But when he, he started out, it was, like, far more serious. Like, I'm switching to music. Listen to me. And 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 now that we're here, and he's, like, got a billion streams on Glimpse of, Glimpse of Us, it's like you go to a Joji concert, and people are confused. Yeah. And people like me are like, he's there. He's still there. Yeah. <laughs> He's learning he's to be start, a person. Now he's that he's now that he's person. established, he fucking he's like okay, I can fucking he knows the line. I can play a little bit. Self discovery in the internet age is the same arc as the Hulk in MCU. At first, you're just a fucking monster. 
and you're destroying everything. And then you become the coy, shy, can't get it up, like, oh, God, embarrassed and guilty. And then hopefully by the end of it, it alignment, integration as an adult being is um, Hulk in Endgame, where you are the Hulk, but you have the glasses on and you're behaving like a person. Taco. (laughs) Yeah, see? So, and I think Joji's reaching that point, and I am proud to have witnessed all that. Um, that being said, not a great look in hindsight. But then again, hindsight's twenty twenty, and we didn't know. We were fucking stupid as shit. Most of us were white, you know. Yep. That we're enjoying this shit, you know, and. Uh, yeah, that's a fucking very important part of it. Yeah, because, like, you know, he's making, you know, whatever. He's talking about his own culture and Asian jokes and stuff like that. And we're laughing at it and being like, you know. Oh, you know, it's fine. He's Asian. He's, yeah, but it's like, well, you're not. <laughs> it's, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, but, I mean, we're talking middle school. Like, we're talking fucking middle Yeah, school. I was 13, 12. And that's the thing about the internet, too. It's like it exacerbates what's already a difficult process of learning to be who you are. Learning to be dissident, uh, dissident, you know, learning to be um, something, you know, learning to express yourself even in the face of opposition, learning how to do that without just simply being contrarian for the sake of being contrarian or being too look at me, look at me, you know, that's a tightrope walk without the fucking Internet. But then you throw that in there where, you know, you can have all eyes on you at all times and your eyes on all things at all times. And it just gets worse. Everything about us becomes more extreme. And, you know, filthy Frank. Uh, I, I, you know, my... Filthy Frank is a big part of it. But there's a part of me. But it's like... (laughs) (laughs) What? That's a part of you, too. It was the way you said it. It was so funny. Okay. Okay. But, um... I, I don't know how I'm going to, I don't know what this segue is or what I'm saying. I'm just going to, I'm literally just going to say names that I think of. I think like Jenna Marbles, Shane Dawson, like Smosh, the fucking special where PewDiePie passed Smosh for most subscribers and they were all like in a bed with party oh hats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like f- five mil. Oh my God. And um, Mr. B, and somehow PewDiePie stayed on battles. top for this long. Do you remember food battles, Smosh? Well, think about how we felt with Smosh. That's how this age feels like uh, wh- like this age of kids that are the age we were when we watched Smosh. Right, right. Tw- 13, 14, 12. That's how they are with Mr. Beast. Yeah. And, and I Mr. fucking like I like Jimmy. That. I was just about I to really say I really like Mr. Beast. He's a fucking brilliant dude. Yeah, I think I think they're in and decent he's hands. He's fucking cool. He all, he invests all his money back in. He's like he's fucking simple as fuck. Like, he had all this shit, and he fucking, you know, he's like, I got my mattress, I got my camera, I got my video, I got my yeah. brain. He's like, I just invested back in, that's all, he was a fucking hyper-focused work machine. Right. And now he's kind of fucking giving back. Like, he's fucking awesome. Yeah, I think they're in, in good hands. Mr. Beast. Um, Lordy. The only YouTube <laughs> I ingest anymore is... I watched Drew Gooden. I think he's very funny. Um, he reminds me a lot of... He's like, if I were to make YouTube, I feel like I would make it just like he does. Because he's, he's like really my sense of humor. He's my chuggy kind of humor, but he's also like... He's simultaneously intelligent and also just a dash of cringe, which I love, you know? And I, I, I love him. He's very, very dear to me. I watch him almost every night. Um, Good Mythical Morning. I still watch. Yep. They're fantastic. Yeah, everybody has. And, and Deer Biscuits. So I get just stints. them in general. I get stints. Yeah, they're fantastic. And then, so, yeah, Drew Gooden, the whole GMM crew in Deer Biscuits. I watch Hassan Piker to stay for polit- politics, like to for news generally and, and political discussions and shit like that. And then I watch um, Smash, uh, Super Smash Brothers videos. And that's it. Like, my subscriber newsfeed is very minimal. That's all I watch anymore. I think the biggest part of my childhood was Minecraft. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Minecraft was massive to me, too, but I think my equal part 
like as as important as that was to you, I think Smash Bros was to me. I I think Minecraft formed me a lot. Like everything that I watched, const- like if I had a spare minute, I was on my fucking tablet watching Ant Venom, you know. And nowadays I watch. Well, I I do have a backstory. When I was a senior in high school, um, we were in the middle of a play. And I got really sick, and I had to take a full week off of school. I had something fuck like pneumonia or something mm-hmm. like that. Fuck, I had COVID. What was the play? I think it was Newsies. Oh, nice. And um, I got sick, and when I was sick in high school, I that's when I watched YouTube. You know, I just yeah. watched. You know, but when I got into high school, all I watched was Game Grumps. At the time, I was so into Game, game Grumps. Are phenomenal. I fucking from, love Game Grumps, yeah. and I whenever I play Jonah, whenever I play Game Grumps, I think of you, Jonah, if you're watching. Um, but I, I'm sitting there in my bed, and I see something come up in my YouTube recommendations, and it is the uh, revival of one of my beloved childhood YouTube series, which was Ultra Modded Survival from Captain mm-hmm. Sparkles. And I see Ultra Modded Survival 2.0. And I'm sitting in my bed and I'm 17 years old. And I'm like, kind of cringe. And I'm like, kind of cool. And I clicked on it. I watched the whole thing in a week. (laughs) I watched the whole thing in a week. And I go back to school and I felt dirty. I felt fucking dirty. I had a dirty <laughs> little secret. I was walking around. I'm like, I'm a 17 year old and I still watch fucking Minecraft videos like I did when I was a fucking baby. Everyone's gonna think I'm a fucking baby. Oh my God. You know what? Fuck it. I'm not gonna tell anybody. I'm gonna keep this to myself and keep this fucking dirty kink to myself and just get to enjoy it and reap in the benefits. Three and a half weeks pass. Creeper on man hits. And suddenly, Minecraft resurges as something that fucking people my age fucking watch again. It's like, you know, we kind of, we were so obsessed with Minecraft Mm -hmm. that we had to, when we grew up, like to, in order to like push away our childs, you know, when you're like, I'm an adult, like I can do whatever I want. Like I'm not a baby anymore. Like that included pushing away in Minecraft. And I, for a lot of people, and when I came back, I felt, I was like, oh fuck. Yes. Three weeks later, Creeper All Man hits. Everybody fucking humps in on Minecraft. And I'm sitting there like, Oh my god! I get to come out of the closet. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god! And I fucking and I I, I remember I went up to somebody and I said that and they, I still got called fucking lame and I was like God damn it! God damn it. That's so but, funny. No, though. but I was so fucking happy. And to this day, when when I was in my first year of college, every single night I watched Markiplier for like hours. The only three YouTubers I fucking watch. I, I'll fucking narrow it down to two. The only two YouTubers I watch are fucking Markiplier. And Captain Sparkles. Oh, man. Like, to this day? Every fucking night I watch. And, and my favorite game, I think, of all time is Terraria. Terraria. Whatever you want to call it. And Captain Sparkles, two months ago, on his live stream channel, started his first ever Terraria Let's Play. After years and years and That's years of cool. Minecraft. That's fucking cool. And I, every single night, I fucking I take a shower and I watch it and I fucking go to bed. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy about it. That's wow. That was a really endearing, charming anecdote. I really enjoyed that because I never thought about how much Minecraft actually has yeah resurged into the, the memedom, you know, again because it did make a really big come around. And it was all around Captain Sparkles with Creeper All Man. That was his thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so it it's was like, like it's like SpongeBob did the same thing a little bit. Like we all watched SpongeBob as a kid, then we grew up, and it was already solidified in pop culture. But yeah. then it was out of our minds as teenagers until memes came along, and now memes are like everyone was like, "Well, now SpongeBob memes are almost cringe." Again. Oh yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they're getting there, but then of course, as soon as they go into cringe, then they go into irony again, and, and it's just like. But I I adore SpongeBob the show. Oh, I yeah. fucking love. I don't like the SpongeBob. new SpongeBob. Um, seasons one through four are fucking brilliant. Like, I've watched seasons one, one through three had the original writer, you know? And so those are, like, considered the classic This is SpongeBob and the rest is just, you know, extra. And there's good episodes in the new ones. But one through four for me, I I can memorize, I, like, I can talk with along the dialogue of every episode in season seasons one through three. Yeah. I fucking love that shit. I get into weird SpongeBob theory rabbit holes. The, the fucking Stone Sponge theory. Yeah, yeah, Sponge Eng, and Sponge then Eng. Uh, Skin Theory. Skin Theory. I sent 
Did I send you skin theory? I sent somebody skin theory. I can't remember. It might have been Jonah who I sent skin theory to. Skin theory is so good. So good. Yeah, no, SpongeBob's brilliant. Fucking A. Oh, Adventure Time for me is... I've seen... Oh, that's a big one. That's, a big, that's my biggest thing. I just started I dating somebody who's... Yeah. Um, as of January 2nd, we've been dating. And their favorite show is Adventure Time. It's and my favorite show. I was so excited... By that, because it's your favorite show. You know, I was like, oh, my God, I found someone who's also like Zach. It's they, <laughs> they obsessed over Adventure Time. So I couldn't wait to watch it. And I, I, I've just begun watching Adventure Time. It's my favorite sticker. It's a f- uh, for everyone not watching the YouTube. It's a fucking sticker that I have of Marceline, like playing her bass sax. But she's floating. She's kind of got Skrillex hair. It's kind of a fan drawn thing, but it's watched, also not if you've seen Distant Lands. I watched Distant Lands. That's what I was going to say. I watched Distant Lands first before seeing anything in Adventure Time, which probably was not advisable. But I almost wept, even not fully understanding these characters besides what you would normally know. You need to watch Adventure Time in full twice. I am. Twice. I am. You will shit your bricks. Okay, you shit your yeah. bricks, your pants, your fucking ass. It was fucking like it was. I blew cum out of my mouth. Uh, yeah, I, you, that's a fucking scrum. That's a fucking legit scrum, dude. Literally, I, there was doo doo fart ass like shitting out of my ears when I when I watched that. <laughs> <laughs> Our listeners just have no idea who we are unless they actually know us. Yeah, or they know like ever. They can I think just they're pin, getting they to can, know us. They can kinda. pinpoint us. If I think we gave a stranger, I think we said this to each other off camera, like. We oh, if we yeah. if you gave the podcast to a stranger, everything we have, episode one through ten now, and they listened to that and then met us, I think they would know a decent fucking this amount is, about this. This is perfect for like, the we've internet. been pretty fucking this is genuine. Perfect for the internet thing. So a lot of fucking podcasts are like you watch. I mean, with Rhett and Link, like it, it is Rhett and fucking Link, and you feel this closeness with them. But it also is fucking huge. Mm-hmm. So there's that. It's just a huge community. But with a lot of fucking podcasts, it's like shit that you see on Snapchat. And it's like, it's just shit that you watch. I think what's good about us, and what I, I really like this podcast and think it's special, is that it's it's like we're talking just as if we're in a group. And it's like there's not many fucking people. And it's if, if someone who we don't know is fucking listening to this, then it's like they're getting to know us. Like, we're getting to know you. Like, we're being... Like, it's like we're creating a fucking friendship connection on an intimate level. It's like we're being intimate with the fucking audience. Yeah, just like when I listen back, I'm like, well, we haven't embellished anything or lied. So there's obviously that. Like making a new friend. But another thing is like we're sharing more than I thought I was capable to share to the internet. And like, I don't know. Like, obviously, no. Like, you can't like know us just by watching the podcast. Like, of course, that's not how you know a person. But like... You can a little. It's a bit more, more than like, I thought you could because, like, I don't know. Just when I listen back, I'm like, yeah, we're being really fucking because of how fucking grassroots it is and just how low, you know, like reach we have at the moment. I feel so. It feels feel anyone normal. who gets into it, 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 I would imagine it, it could be a special feeling because it feels more like making f- a fucking friendship sort of connection than finding a new content that you really enjoy. Yeah, it's yeah. like a, it feels more special and secluded and closed like a group of friends does. Yeah, know? and our, our listeners who know us personally or at least have us on social that I've received feedback from always talk about how it's like they don't like it feels like a social activity listening to it alone. Like when they're folding clothes, it feels like they're folding clothes just with people in the room. Exactly. And you instead know? of like I'm folding clothes while, while listening watching to a podcast, or like I'm folding clothes while you know consuming media, it's like it just makes you feel less alone. It might be the topics too. Like, but the thing is, like, if and when I fucking hope we have a big reach, it's nice that we've gotten this deep, feeling this natural. You know what I mean? And I don't, I don't imagine that to ever change. Grammy, Oscar, Tony, Emmy, podcast, streamy thing. Streamy. It is called a streamy, isn't it? That's YouTube. I think there's another thing for podcast of the year. Ooh. Some guy who covers a lot of porn star content on it, of course. There's a lot of fucking 
you know, talk of porn stars in the podcasting community. Yeah, it's bizarre. What is with all the fucking porn stars on podcasters, and why are they not on our fucking podcast? That's a good point. What the hell? I would love to sit down and have a conversation with Riley Reed. I'm gonna not say anything on that. I would just love to t- just fucking talk to her. Like, no, it would be very fucking interesting. It'd be so interesting. It's because it it's like extremely okay. I would love to talk to a porn star. First of all, that's a fascinating occupation. I want to hear all the horror stories. I want to hear all the funny shit. But yeah. also, it's like to become kind of like a like how it's so weird to be part of such a taboo or like spicy community, but also be like a household name. And all the podcasters act like they're fucking talking about that and they're really just getting clickbait but, views because porn. Right. And they're also just fucking horny. Oh yeah. yeah it's kind of it's, it's it's a little weird. Like so have you seen some of the fucking ways these dudes talk to these fucking porn stars? Yeah. The po- it's oh, it's always women. Yeah. It, yeah there's no to. fucking male porn stars. And yeah. it's like except for Johnny Sins. Yeah. And it's like which you is know. another meme legend I would love to see, like, you know, pick brain about. I'd love, I, that's the, you know how whenever you see, like, a celebrity, it's not the one you would expect? That's gotta be the one that yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. I saw this dude in uh, fucking a place where we live. He's a fucking, um, I, his name is Ken Tamplin. He's a famous vocal coach. I saw him and I'm like, what is fucking Ken Tamplin doing here? Like, that's I, so funny. You know, I, it, that would be it. I'd be like. Maddie, you're not going to believe what I just saw. I just saw Johnny fucking Sins <laughs> at the deli. Well, Rita, I don't know if YouTuber people, YouTube scene people will appreciate this, but we, we've disclosed this, that I work at a place owned by the lead singer of Tool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it shut down for a day, and Rick Beato did an interview with the lead singer of Tool in the restaurant. Yeah. And I was just like, what the motherfucker? Yeah, it's cool. Like, you know, and it is cool. And, and he had to pass the cursed Taco Bell. He had to pass the cursed Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. Wait, he didn't have to, but he probably did. He probably did. So funny. No, he did. He did. Because the only way you wouldn't is if you were coming from my house. And if you, you were coming from and if the you north. were coming from like, oh, you're right. He probably didn't because he wouldn't he be coming from the north or would he be coming from? He'd probably from... be coming from L.A. or something. Yeah. So wouldn't that be south? Yeah, he probably came coming from the south 17, and then like... he comes through the roundabout. So that goes to Taco Bell. You... Yeah, he passed the Chris Taco Bell. Rick Beato has been near the ve- right near the vending machine. Across the street from the vending yeah, machine. Yeah, he's been he's been near we the Chris We should write Taco an SVP Bell. report tonight and put that on the Instagram. We should. Oh, that'd be funny as fuck. Are we at time? We're at hour three and definitely some change. Well, fantastic. I love you all. Yeah. Fucking what a spectacular episode this has been. There's a lot more that we could talk about. But then again, that is the internet in a nutshell. Feels like we've been talking for ages about everything there is to talk about. And like we've also only just scratched the surface. So we will catch you next week on... The, the room, room that, that we, we created. created, we had to get it at the end because we didn't get it at the start. My bad. I donked up pretty big there. We um, love you guys. But we, we love, love you. you. See, this is this is the positive application of the internet. Isn't it? Isn't it? So far. The dis dis what was the word? Dis dis desensitization. Desensitization. The, the word of the day is desensitization. Desensitization. Much love, we'll see you next week.